All right, guys. Uh, title time. Ready? Um, yep. I'm thinking that's Kev too. Landing the sticky. Wuhan. One-eyed snake. Hmm. Okay. How about Olympic time travel? Frumple Stillskin. Women, not men. Big boobies and diesel. All right. All right. Sounds like we got it. Okay. Everybody, break. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. I'm Corbs. I'm Kev. Guys, what's got you geeked? Oh, let's see. Well, on Monday, I made a Uzbekian dish called Plav. That was pretty good. It was a rice dish. You know, you guys probably wouldn't like it. Um, yeah, Tuesday, we discovered there's a Friendly's Open in Route 31. I remember what has me geeked. I don't have to watch another episode of The Handmaid's Tale until 2022, at least. <laughs> I am so fucking happy. I am done with that show for now. You didn't like it then? Is no, that what I'm thinking? No, it's excellent. It's an amazing show. All of you should watch it. But you remember how uh, upset I got with Vikings? Because around the mid to late seasons they came a point where you hated every character on the show because they were all doing awful things kind of like that except it's really just the main character and i I got to a point where it was you know the the season ended and i'm like i hope they fucking rape and kill her you know i just hope that everything awful possibly she's such a horrible human being oh it just got real dark real fast yes yeah well well i mean it's a show about raping and killing that's why i went there i wouldn't normally do that but you know, that, that's part of the show, so it, it, it tracks. Um, no, I just – here's the thing. And if you don't know the background here, um, the Margot Atwood novel uh, ends at the end of season one. So they adapted all the material oh. at the end of season one. Everything they've done up now through season four is brand-new shit that they are writing themselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with it, but they've, they've brought the character to a point where 
I mean, I even like the bad guys more than I like the main heroine of the uh, the show. And uh, it's 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 very mentally exhausting to watch because I know I'm supposed to be rooting for her and I'm just rooting for more bad stuff to happen to her because I feel like she deserves it now. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that is that is what has me geeked as well as uh, if you guys haven't caught it. Um, the show Evil, which premiered on CBS last year, um, moved to Paramount Plus this year, which was a great move for it because in the very first episode, they throw an F-bomb and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Um, certainly it, it's the streaming component of it where they don't have to have, worry about uh, ratings and such. Uh, is good for a show, a dark show about demonic possession. And it's already been renewed for a season three. So uh, if you haven't checked out Evil, it's an excellent show. It stars Mike Coulter. So we all know him as as Luke Cage. Yeah, it's it's a great show so far. And, um, excuse me, and the one guy from Lost, uh, the one with the glasses who knew everything. He was kind of like the bad guy. Um, I can't think of his name now. But you'll recognize him if you see him. He's in tons of stuff. But yeah, excellent, excellent show. Gotcha. And that's it. Bruh, what's yeah, got you bruh. geeked? Uh, the Olympics. Outstanding. I've not been watching. I, I actually forgot they were on. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean, I haven't really watched them. It's just nice that... To, that's happening? It, yeah, it's happening. Because last year, it was supposed to happen last year. And obviously, because of the Wuhan... It didn't so, but I mean, I worked from home Monday and Tuesday this week because my aunt, who's in town from Virginia, and sister went to Clayton, Clinton. I don't know, someplace up north, whatever it is. I don't give a crap. There's Clayton um, and Clinton up north, just so yeah. you know. Okay, Genesis, it's up on the same ones. Don't really care. Oh, I'm thinking of Clifton. Never mind. Yeah, Clinton is in Syracuse. Could, could be the same thing, that doesn't matter. Um, so my mom was over staying at my sister's to watch the cat. Um, all right. So Tuesday morning, I was able to get up and as I was working, I got on the women's softball game, gold medal game. Nice. So I got to watch the women's softball game, which is kind of cool. I like watching the women's softball only because, you know, they're not men. The guys get, think they should get paid for everything. So that's it. I got to watch. I mean, they lost. They got finished in second for the second year. And well, softball's first time it's been back in 13 years. Last time was 2008. Nice. So they finished second then, and they finished second. The same team they finished second to eight years ago. So it's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Then I got Monday off for a golf tournament. So perfect. So I'm happy about that. So you can't go wrong with that. I ain't got much to say. Well, we will be touching on the Olympics later, Corb. So hopefully you'll have uh, something to add there. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Kev, what's got you geeked? I have not been watching the Olympics. I'm a little bit disgusted with the whole thing, but that's beside the point. Um, no, I don't know. Um, I thought it was going to be the fact that I sold a trailer that I was trying to sell, but that's turning out to be a bit of a shit show. Um, I don't know. 
Oh, vacation's coming up next week. Going to Maine. Oh, yeah. On motorcycles. Perfect. Pretty happy about that. Now, when are you going next week? Leave Tuesday. And you're there through the weekend? Leave Tuesday, come back the following... Oh, I don't know what it is. It's on the calendar. So Come back to to 10th, I think. I'll take my laptop. I'll take my laptop. I think we discussed this Saturday a little bit, too. Didn't you say you guys are going to be at the other end of Maine while I'm going to be in New Hampshire? So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be six hours from you. Whatever, yeah, that's not going to work. Where you're going to be. We're going to be. You can't go the same direction. <laughs> you halfway. <What>? Right. <laughs> Are you still friends? No. <laughs> not that close of friends, apparently. Paul smells funny. This um, is true. Yeah, so do I right now. Um, <laughs> that's beside the point. <laughs> or maybe that is the point. Now, we're going to be up on the coast. Um, nice visiting our, our friends that are going with us we're going to be going and seeing some of their relatives or friends or something i'm not sure what it is i don't really care it's gonna be fun right nice. just to get the hell out of town anytime i get a chance to ride my motorcycle i'm happy so when you oh. ride does your does your wife go with, i mean does she ride with you so she has a machine of her own she used to ride on the back with me and um she never really wanted to r- drive her own motorcycle she had her own license for quite a while um, but tried it, didn't really like it. Didn't like being on the road. Didn't like all the, you know, you, you got to shift and you got, you know, the clutch and the brakes and all that. And you got to balance. And Oh, by the way, there's also a big truck coming right at you. She didn't <laughs> like all that. Um, so we went and test road, you know, during COVID of course, because everybody's losing their fucking minds. Um, we went and test drove a Can-Am Riker. And what that is, is the smaller version of the Can-Am Spider, which is their three-wheeled, call it a motorcycle, right? two in the front, one in the back, um, that they developed a few years back. Um, they call it, they called it a Sportster. They call it a bunch of different things, but it's basically a three-wheeled motorcycle. Um, and the Spider itself is, is pretty good size. It's, it's intimidating for somebody that's never really ridden one before. The Riker, however, uses uh, an engine and transmission directly out of a snowmobile. So there's no shifting. Um, it's got forward and reverse. Uh, it's got a single brake pedal that handles all three brakes at all three wheels. Uh, technology built in to keep it on all three wheels. So it modulates the throttle and the brakes to keep it on all three wheels. So it's very safe. Uh, very peppy. Very fun to drive. She loved it from the minute she got on it. We took about a half an hour drive with it and she bought one a week later. Wow. So she, she rides her own machine and she's very pumped about it. Cool. Very, very pumped. And I'm I'm happy for her. I mean, we've been we've been getting out longer and longer rides and uh she really wants to do this. We got her a new seed and some other things just to make it a little more comfortable for her to to, to ride. And uh she's really looking forward to it. So cool. Be a good time. Good. Very good. That should be fun. So what's got me geeked is I uh I went I went late Friday night to see Snake Eyes. Uh, G.I. Joe Origins um, and I, I booked my tickets through Fandango and I, I just wanted a standard showing didn't, didn't need IMAX or anything like that I was on a, on a on a time crunch for what showing I could get into at this point it was like a 10 20 at night showing uh, so I get to the mall um, you know the infamous Destiny USA we've we've talked about quite a bit lately um, and, and I noticed when I'm on my way in it says it's a 4DX theater 
Um, are any of you guys familiar with this? And the two of you that have already heard this story, pretend like you don't know. Well, I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> no clue. Okay. Um, so, I, <laughs> easy there, Gump. <laughs> Bra. <laughs> um, <laughs> a 40X theater. Um, think a, a Disney theme park. Um, ride where the, the ones that you know you have the 3d glasses and the everything moves around and you get sprayed with water and that kind of thing yeah they have these in movie theaters now what yes this is how i um unexpectedly experienced snake eyes um <laughs> i get in there and and the, the seats look like like those high high-end gaming chairs real kind of sporty looking and there's, there's buttons on the side of the seat for you to turn the water on or off. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And, you know, I that an ad for it comes up, like, before the previews, going over the fact that it's a, a fully immersive experience with environmental factors and blah, 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 blah. And they're showing the video where their seats are, are moving around as the action goes. And, and one of the things they show is like somebody riding a, a motorcycle on the screen and everybody in the crowd is their, their, their things going and they're all doing this. Like they're, they're driving a motorcycle. Um, so this is what I was in for. And it starts the moment the previews start And the first preview was for the rocks, new movie, jungle cruise. Well, as the boats coming along, the seats start going back and forth like we're rocking in a boat and then it cuts to a scene where people are fighting and so now the seats are jumping around and throwing us back and forward i damn near pitched and rolled out of my seat i'm not gonna lie i almost went face first <laughs> onto this onto the floor um and then we we hit a storm with the boat so next thing i know water is fucking spraying on us in the theater The, that wasn't the, water. That man, was it's me. a good thing you didn't accidentally buy a ticket to One-Eyed Snake instead. That would have been gross. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they have them at those theaters yet. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, at the end of every 10 minutes, you know, all of a sudden that's where you get shot in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's that super distracting when... Uh, you have a question? Yeah. So... Where does the water come from? There's a, a small jet on the back of the seat. That, from Kevin? Is that what he <laughs> It was me. <laughs> um, I was standing in front of you. Well, it couldn't be in front of me. I can still see the screen. Unless there's I mean, something you're not I mean, telling us. I mean to the side. <laughs> Could have been because there was about seven people in the theater. Um, but super distracting because literally throughout every fight scene and at Frankly, it's a ninja movie, so there were a lot of fight scenes. Oh, man. The whole thing is going. And then, like, lights go off, too, on the side. For, like, if, if there's explosions, lights are flashing on the side. Wind blows at you, which was really cool for, like, the motorcycle riding scenes. Because then the seats kind of get, you know, vibrating. And then the wind's blowing on you like you're you're riding a motorcycle, moving fast, whatever. That was cool. But all the jumping around, and if any of you guys have already heard, that a lot of people are complaining that all the fight scenes in Snake Eyes use the whole shaky camera thing now. 
And so you've already got shaky camera going on in the movie, plus the stage jerking you around. And, and imagine if you drank too much of that big gulp and you're trying to hold your bladder. That's- <laughs> it, uh, but I, I did enjoy the movie. That's where um, water comes from. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> How much does a ticket to something like that cost? I don't know because I booked a standard showing. Which standard showings, by the way, now are going for about seventeen to twenty dollars a piece. What? Uh, yeah, they're making up for the over the year that, that you couldn't go to the movies. Yeah, that's for a half an hour. Hmm. You got to pay for the half hour. <laughs> for half hour. Yeah. <laughs> they're waiting for you at the end of the movie to tally up. That's. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so that's what had me geeked was seeing Snake Eyes, but I was really disappointed in the experience because it's really hard to concentrate. Plus the weird Infinity Stone thing. And then you can shut the, you can shut the water off. But can you shut the vibrating seat off and all that? No, the only thing you can shut off is the water. Well, I'm gonna, if I ever get into this, I'm just going to fucking stand up in the middle of the theater. <laughs> right. Yeah, what if you have glasses? You end up with water all over your glasses? Like I said, it poofs out from behind you, so it's not like it's Kevin standing yeah, there pissing it, on you. It sure you know, does. That's a, a one-trick pony, though, because, I mean, if you're really going to do this, it can't just be water. you got to have dust and dirt and at least a plethora of things that can be thrown at the person watching. Otherwise, you know, it's like, okay, where can we use water in this movie? Right. No, it's basically water movement and, like, puffs of air and, like, a little bit of, like, dry ice dry ice smoke kind of like a little bit of fog will come out um i don't think this is and throw shit at you like dust and right they should just hire extra people who stand there and wait to just punch you (laughs) yeah Yeah, there's your sidekick (laughs) (laughs) all right rookie just wait until the fight scene starts i love this part (laughs) (laughs) on the job training (laughs) um me so I don't I don't suggest going to a 4DX movie. Um, well, at some point, they're all going to be 4DX movies. You know that, right? God, I hope not. I really hope how, not. How many people could fit in that theater? It was a full-size theater. Really? So yes. a full-size seat? Like, they had as many seats? As it you seemed like it to me. Seat. Actually, the seats seemed a little bit smaller than normal seats. So, I mean, there was full... I, I think there were... Um, 13 to 15 seats per row and I think there were like nine rows what, from so from the entry back so what, 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 what number theater was, were you in? number four okay so it was over on that side because I was there oh what last month I saw F9 and I, I wasn't in a Ford X, 4X or whatever the fuck you call it there, Ford, 40X or whatever it yeah. was. There was just a normal theater. No, it was down at the end, almost to the end, like the next to last theater on the end on the right-hand side. Okay. Hmm. I thought it would have been down where like uh, IMAX and uh, the RPX theater was when you, you buy your tickets and you head down into the, the canyon area. I was yeah, no, this was in the old side. So, found it odd. Would have enjoyed the movie better in a regular standard one. That kind of thing is great if you're going to Disney for a five-minute ride, not for a two-hour movie. So. Go see it in a regular theater now. I may. Or I just might wait until September and buy the Blu-ray when it comes out, since they've already announced that's coming then. 
So, so what did you think about the movie, or did or did you just take away from too much of it? It, I enjoyed the movie. Um, it's definitely not for um, forty-five-year-old GI Joe purists. Like they change Snake Eyes's story so much to the point that, like, through ninety-nine point nine percent of the movie, he is unlikable. Like every time there's a choice to make, he makes the shitty choice. Is that like, why he doesn't talk at the end? What? Is that why? Is that why he doesn't talk at the end? No, he can still talk at the end, and he shouldn't no, be able to. But not. But he doesn't talk anymore. They never address that in the movie. I always thought that he didn't speak by choice. No, supposedly because in the original telling and all that, comic books and all that, he didn't because he was in a helicopter accident in Vietnam. Um, he basically sacrificed himself to rescue the rest of his squad, and he basically took um, jet fuel to the face and, and took serious damage. Yeah. Yeah. That Also why he wore the, the mask all the time. Because he had severe disfigurement. I know in the comic books, uh, I remember one scene where he took his mask off, and the and the person across from him was very, you know, they were very taken aback. Mm-hmm. So I always figured that he was disfigured somehow, but that was the only scene I've ever seen. You know, all the movies, everything else, nothing, nothing else. They never it touched like on it. Yeah, he's, you know, that's the case. He was kind of designed to be the G.I. Joe universe's version of Wolverine, like the man with no past, very mysterious, that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But. So in the 40X theater, did they give you seatbelts for your chair? No. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Just wondering. I mean, I mean it's, it's a valid it, question. It's it, a valid it, question. It was pitched out of the seat. I mean, Somebody's, I'm just, I was just thinking about that when you were talking about that. I'm thinking somebody's going to get thrown out of that seat, end up on the floor, and sue. Right. Oh, there's probably a line on the ticket somewhere that yeah. covers them for that, I'm sure. Oh, and that's the other part that I forgot. During fight scenes, there's also shit that pokes you in the back, like at the Disney rides. Yeah. yeah that's Kevin also. Yeah. <laughs> it's right before the water sprays. Right. The, the water. <coughs> this water is sticky. <laughs> I had a big gulp. I didn't I didn't even go to a Spider-Man movie. Why are somebody shooting webs at me? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's enough of that. Guys, what are you playing? I've not had a chance to do any game playing at all. Same here. Except I tried to fire up AEW General Manager and my phone is like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> nice. No, I, I, I turned that on for about a minute and it's, I, I didn't really get much of a ch- chance either. <clears throat> I didn't well, even get to book a match. I am so frustrated with Settlers Online and Blue Byte Entertainment and Ubisoft and whoever the hell's got you know hands in this freaking piece of crap game. And I went back to <laughs> a couple of old games I've had on my phone for a long time. One I've been playing for a couple of years now. Just I play it every once in a while just to keep it going. And the other one I, I'll play for a while and take it off my phone and play for a while just because back. it's fun to rebuild it. And the one the one I've had on my phone nonstop is uh, Dead Trigger 2 from Mad Finger Games. 
it's just a it's it's good action you know you run around and you have some really cool guns and you blow away zombies and it's a it's a you know just a good wait time waster to see if i can throw down some more landmines and blow up some more zombies perfect what's the other one the other one believe it or not is fallout shelter okay yep does it have anything to do with the actual fallout games it does actually um yeah, it, it's, I think it's designed to make you pissed off that there isn't actually a Fallout mobile game. <laughs> it's exactly, that's exactly its intended purpose. Um, the whole idea is that you get a um, you get a Fallout shelter, you get a you know, you get one of the one of the vaults, vaults, yep, a vault, and you have to build it. Nice, and it ha- you have to build it into something that's self sufficient. You got to keep all your dwellers alive. You know, they can. If you put a man and a woman in a room together, they're going to have a baby. You know, that's how you get more dwellers or they come and they come in from the, from the wasteland or you send your dwellers out into the wasteland. They bring back um, junk and guns and gear and whatever. And you just keep building. It's a, it's a fun game to start over again. Um, And I, I got to the point where I maxed out in it and, can't really do anymore but you can you can still play you can still go through the 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 day-to-day stuff stuff. yeah Yeah, i mean you can still but nobody in my vault can die because they've all got the best weapons and the best gear (laughs) and i mean they're they're, the health meters are all fully maxed all the time because they're always fed and watered and they're all safe and they always get their stim packs and radaways and all that stuff so I mean, you get to a point like that, you're just like, well, do I keep playing it or start yeah. over again? You don't even care if like four death claws get into your vault at that point. Whereas early on, it's like, oh, fuck, as they yeah. destroy their way through your entire vault. Yeah. If you, if you, there's a trick to it. And if you don't know the trick, you can easily have your entire vault wiped out early on. So, if you do a certain thing, I'm not going to say what it is, because if you know what it is, you know what it is. If you don't, then it's fun to figure it out. If you do a certain thing, death claws show up at your door. They break in and they proceed through all the connected vault rooms until there's nothing else to kill. I mean, and they, and they take all your resources, they kill all your people. And the only way to, re- to restore your people is to revive them with, with, with uh, caps. You have to pay to revive them. And if you're early on, if you're early enough in the game, you don't have the cap, so you can't oh. revive them, and you can't rebuild your resources, and you and you're done. Well, so, come on, tell me what the thing is. I want to know what that thing is. Radio room. So if you build a radio room, there's two settings to the radio room. One is you are broadcasting out into the wasteland, and the other one is you're only internal. If you're broadcasting out into the wasteland, you will get new settlers. So it's a way to get new settlers. And every once in a while, you're going to get one of the um, advanced ones, one of the characters from the actual game. Yeah. And they always have good perks, you know, right off the bat. So you're hoping for that. What happens, though, is if you're broadcasting out into the wasteland, you call in death claws. Ah, so you shouldn't do that for quite a while until you're stronger. Right. If you only broadcast internally, it increases the happiness of all the people in your vault. So you end, up, right. with a, you end up with better daily bonuses. 
Nice. Nice. You know, that, that game, it is a good game. He's right. But it always makes me mad. Now, I, I don't know if you've actually played the, the other Fallout games, uh, Kev. I feel like we're at the point now where they should be able to make Fallout 3 run on a phone. And my God, that would be the last game I would ever need to buy. I agree. As far as a phone. I mean, I could play. I still have that installed on the computer to my right. I, I still play that. It's it's such an amazing game. I like, nice. yeah, I like uh, New Vegas. I like 3. Um, I never could play 4 because I never had a computer that could do it. I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh, four, 4 was good. Um, New Vegas, I, I still haven't finished. I, I have such a hard time getting into the story, even though they say it's the best out of all of them. There's just something about the setting of, of Fallout 3 that just matches my, uh, I don't know, the, the things I like. It's right in my wheelhouse. You know, it's a I, little I'm horror. Right there with you. And I, it's another game that I like to restart. I like to just start it over right from scratch. Just take the knowledge you have and, you know, kind of build up a little bit to give yourself a little bit more of an edge. Yep. Um, and there's two ways to play Fallout, right? You can, you can burn right through it, burn right through the story and be done or you can do all the side quests on your way through the main story the more side quests you do the more trouble you can get in but the more cool stuff you can find so and it's really neat every time you play you find something else and you learn something else and it's a it's a really i think it's a really well-built game and it's another one of those things where you have to learn the nuances of it to be able to really do well yeah, and it's it's one of those experience games. Like they're they're the games you play that you remember certain parts for the rest of your life. Um, my first no run through, my first run through on my Xbox 360, finally figuring out that I could use the uh, uh, the saw the shotgun right in the face of a super mutant to take it down because they had been destroying me. I found oh, yeah. the the police station with the super mutants, and and I couldn't kill one of them. I was too low level, but I discovered that the shotgun to the face would generally do the trick. Um, but man, I mean, just walking around a corner, opening a door and there's super mutant, like freaking out, like, fuck. Oh yeah. Yep. That game fallout three and the very, and, um, what was the other one? Battlefield. I I forget Battlefield, Battlefield 1942 or something like that, whatever it was. Those games, they have that kind of a memory where like Hugh said, you walk around a corner and all of a sudden this you know, Deathclaw or Super Mutant or, you know, a, a freaking Meyer Lurk is right there and all yep. of a sudden he's on you. You get that feeling, you're scared, right? Your skin crawls, your hair stands on end. You're like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh my God, I forgot every freaking move on my yeah. controller. I don't even know. I can't change guns. I mean, it's, it's that feeling. For a game that can give you that, I, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's because the world is so well-crafted that it draws you in that you forget you're playing a game and you're actually looking at all of the scattered garbage and the, you know, the, 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 how the, the dark corridor you're in and the abandoned police station, like you, in a way you feel like you're there. Whereas other games, it's like, you know, you're just shooting all the shit and you're just looking for shit to shoot here. You're, you're immersed in it. You are. And there's traps. I mean, you never know. What is that thing that's biting me? Why am I losing health? You know, I mean, there's all sorts of really neat stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. And, and if you're wearing headphones, you can really uh, get immersed. I mean, that, that would get my vote for, if we were going to do, you know, always do game of the year. Um, 
game of the decade. Maybe we'll see what else comes out. Maybe it would be on the list for game of the century. I, I think it's one of the finest games ever made. Did, nice. did you ever try Fallout 76 at all? Did you ever get into it at all? I, I have it installed and I've tried playing it. And here's the thing. It's not as bad as the review said it was when it first came out. They've changed a lot. Um, but it, it also, it, it almost has that magic. It's there. And they're just, man, they, they need to do something to bring it back in. I, I think part of it is that I, I am having a trouble actually getting the story, like getting into it. There is a storyline you can follow, but they're kind of focusing on multiplayer stuff, but there's still side quests and all that. But um, Fallout 3 had such a strong story and, and a very, the narrative strongly leads throughout, throughout the entire game. Uh, this game, it's it's kind of loose because they kind of want you to play it, but go do other shit, which is great, except I kind of lose the desire to do other shit. Like, I'm wandering around, and I don't have that sense of magic. You know, yeah. quite have that sense of magic. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it, you, you, you should really try it out. It's constantly on sale for dirt cheap. If you get a chance. I've never, I've never had a machine that could play it. It's around. I mean, it's only going to get, you know, the game itself is only going to get more mature. Yeah. So I'll get it someday. Kind of like us. That's never going to happen. No, no, no. The one thing I wanted to put it, the one thing I want to put out there about Battlefield was um, just, just like Fallout 3, you, you remember the very first time you're in a tank and you get hit with an RPG or a shot from another tank, because if you're playing with headphones on and you're immersed in the game, when your fucking head starts ringing because that thing hit you and everything freaking shakes and the sound is so loud, you never forget that. That's all I got to say. PTSD? Dude. Nightmares. Nice. All right. Corbs, what you playing? Uh, downloaded a game on my phone. It's called uh, it's a Golf Course Tycoon. I think is what it's called. Hang on. Is that the same one you talked about last week? Golf Club Tycoon. Yeah, I think it might be. Idle Golf yeah. something or other? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idle Golf, yeah. Nice. That's so you're sticking with that. Yeah. I got uh, – It's the only downside to it is you have to – I mean, obviously you can pay. Like, I don't, when I download games, I don't put any money into the games. Right. I don't spend a single fucking dime on it. Like, I, I have a casino game that I play. I just do the free spins every once in a while. I'll play the like, new game that comes out. Um, I have a cooking game that I do. Like, I don't spend any money on games on my phone. I just don't do it. If it's, in my estimation, if it's something that you're supposed to do, you can do it without having to spend money. Right. It would take you longer to get that to that point that you want to get to. So that's the only downside is the, the I don't know, golf course tycoon thing is you have to wait. Like you, you you open up a new hole. So you start out, you know, one hole and you build the hole up and then you get start bringing more money. You, go to the, you get it all the way through all the way to the ninth hole and you can host a tournament. But then you got to start building up. But every time you go to the next hole, it's like double the money. So ah, to, okay. So like the last call I did, I think was thirteen. It's like six hundred million or something like that. So the next one I got to build is like one point four something billion dollars, and, and you get, you know, I let it, you know, I'll play it, open it up in the morning when I get up because it's run, it's runs, it runs all night or whatever, and so you get, you know, like twenty or thirty million dollars, and you can triple it 
because of the lot thing. It says three times the amount. You can get three times the amount. You can get up to like a hundred million dollars, but it still takes a while to get to one point four billion dollars. Like I'm, right. when I just I was just playing at maybe seven thirty or so, and I was at like seven hundred million, and that's from this time Monday night. Oh wow! So you, you don't get a lot of money at times, and sometimes when you're not doing it, you know people aren't coming to your course. So you log in, log in every once in a while, you get people to come, makes the money. And then I, you know, you can, they got all these little things that you can double the money for 10 minutes. So you get whatever, if it's $5,000 to play the golf course that you make $10,000 for 10 minutes. So everybody saying you can, they can, the golf, they can play on a golf course two times faster, stuff like that. You can do all that stuff. So I have everything built up, but I'm done. I'm just trying to get the, the last four or five holes built to see what happens after that. So, but it's, it's, you know, like I said, I, I log in. Usually when I get up in the morning, I'll log in and lunch at work and then a couple times at night when I'm at home and just kind of collect the money. And then when you get it, then when you open, open up the hole, they, you get to play it, but then you can add in like a bunker and water and trees and you can build up the hole up. So I do that. And every time you put something new in it, you get more money. Costs for, you. Yeah, it costs you, but you also make money when they play the hole too. So. Nice. So. Maybe you should make one of the holes a 4DX hole. Can have Kevin out there shaking people as they're trying to putt. <laughs> Can I give him a seatbelt? No. It's no, not oh, bag it. <laughs> Did you just go Sergeant Slaughter on us? <laughs> Ooh. I bet he could pull that off too with the right uh, cosplay outfit. Maybe for our, our Halloween episode. <laughs> That gives me an idea. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 what I've been playing. So nothing nothing too, too strenuous. Nice. All right. So let's roll that right into Kevin's tabletop review. Kev, what do you got to talk about tonight? Oh man, I saw this the other day and it came up through Twitter and I was like, whoa, that's freaking cool. So been following this uh, bleeding cool, whatever it is, website user, whatever they do, they talk about all sorts of geeky stuff, games and toys and all sorts of neat stuff. And they uh, they posted this thing about um, carb. What is it? Uh, carbon Gray, the Carbon Gray TTRPG tabletop role playing game. Uh, I'll read you a little synopsis here. It's uh, based on a graphic novel series of the same name. Sets players in a unique alternate, unique alternate history reminiscent of World War One era Europe, but with fantastic diesel punk technologies and elements of the uh, paranormal. In the game, players will explore a war-torn universe filled with mystery, prophecy, and intrigue. The core rulebook is written and overseen by game designer and graphic novelist Andrew E. C. Gaska. Now he's won a bunch of awards. Uh, I don't know what all of these are. E, N, E, U, K, G, E. I don't know what all those are. I didn't look them up. Um, and he's uh, winner for his uh, award, award winner for his work in the recent Alien RPG from Free League and the lead writer of the Terminator RPG from Nightfall Games. So I've linked out to Bleeding Cool. And the description of the game makes it sound 
very, very interesting. I mean, a tabletop role-playing game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's basically a D6 system. So it's, it sounds relatively, I hate to say this, easy to, uh, to get into. Um, but it, it, it deep enough and interesting enough so that, you know, you could get your casual players in there. Plus you could have a little bit more fun with it. If you're, a uh, more of an, more of a interest sort of person, you know, you All right. have, a, have a deeper interest. Um, but it looks fun. Now it's, uh, it's not out yet. Um, they're launching their Kickstarter August 3rd. So um, there isn't really anything more than the initial image. And, you know, there's a nice box set, a nice board, cards, a bunch of D6 uh, die, and some figures. And it looks, and it looks like it might even have a, um, a game screen uh, for the, maybe, maybe for the for game like master. The, yeah, I would assume. Yeah. Maybe. So, um, so is it a board or a map? Like a, like a, a traditional. Well, that's a, that's a good question. It might just be a map. It might not be a board game. This might be more of a, more of a map. Uh, it, it, there isn't a lot of information on it. Um, other than what I just, I mean, the, the, the second part of this talks about it being a D system, D six system developed by West end games. Okay. So, I mean, that's really, that's as far as they go. Um, but they talk about, you know, chaos and continuity surges and flux effects. There's just so many neat little, little things about it. Little twists that just make it sound very, very interesting. Yeah. The world that it's in does sound pretty interesting. And now yeah. have any of you guys heard of this comic book series? carbon gray neither have i and I'm, i might have to do a deep dive into that and see what that's about um because that sounds like a really cool setting yeah magnetic press carbon gray oh, i'm just looking at it oh you're just talking about the role-playing game okay oh yeah no diesel punk oh yeah welcome to the world of carbon gray this looks neat chicks with big boobies we lost them we lost him to the big boobies and the diesel. Yeah. Oh, and Warmax. Oh, and they're talking about the game. There's a better picture of it. Yeah, no, it just pre-panel game master screen, 140 character and item cards, large. Oh, here it is. 24 by 36 world slash battle map. Nice. There it is. 12d6, uh, 5x stone dice, 5x light dice, 2x uh, wild dice. Custom pips, eight boards of punch out map tokens, all within a linen box. Oh, cool. With section sectionalized vacuum tray. Oh, okay. So it's got little places to put stuff. Nice. That sounds, sounds cool. great. It sounds. These game, these game designers, man, they come up with some really freaking cool shit. Right. And I'm going to take a wild guess and say next week when that Kickstarter goes live, someone might be doing a little bit more research. Someone might be actually putting some money down. <laughs> Are we pretty soon going to have a Geek Pod, Geek Pod tabletop collection? Uh, it's looking <laughs> that way. <laughs> See, there you go. You just got to take it, but it's for the show. <laughs> We'll have one side that's filled with the tabletop stuff, and the other side is all the ghost hunting gear. There you, there you go. go. <laughs> Man, this looks neat. 
All right, that's now, all I got. That's all I all got. All right, and we uh, we have the link to the bleeding cool article, so that will be in the show notes. <laughs> and on what? What? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Sure. Show notes. We do those. Sure. All right. Uh, I think on that note, I think it's time to jump to commercial and we'll come back with Hughes News. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. Before Kevin makes Paul ride bitch across the New Hampshire border, here's the news. Now, guys, really, there's only one thing in the news this week, okay? It's the Olympics. That's all that's worth talking about. I know it's kind of a departure, me choosing a sports-themed topic for the news, but I think it's appropriate, so that's what we're going to talk about. First up, Tokyo Time Lord. Was anybody confused by the fact that this is still the 2020 Olympics? I was watching, and I saw 2020 on the side of the stadium and thought – couldn't they have just, you know, painted over the zero? I mean, I, I guess now I've looked into it and I understand the uh, the idea behind it that they don't want to change the dates of the game so that you know they have to push them out a year. Um, but I don't recall seeing anywhere in the news. I was actually um, looking for information on it and I kept skipping over links that said Tokyo 2020 because I'm like that didn't fucking happen. But there's nothing under Tokyo 2021. Now this is going to confuse people in the future generations. I mean, I'm not sure about you guys who have kids, but my kid can't close a door, shut off a TV, or wipe her ass without getting four feet of toilet paper wrapped around her head. You really think she will remember the Olympics time traveled one year? She's not the person you want on your team for trivia night, that's for sure. Next up, 
Toki Prophylactic 2020. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this, uh, but the Olympic Committee decided not to give out the hundreds of thousands of condoms they generally give uh, to the athletes prior to the games. Because, you know, what do athletes do with the Olympics? Okay, you get all of these beautiful, athletic, the, the peak of perfection people together. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to fuck. Because back at home, you know, they're, they're, they may be happy dating their, fr their frumpled still skin boyfriend or girlfriend who, you know, hey, you know, thinks, you know, working out is going to the gym once a week and, you know, trying not to eat fast food every other day. Uh, but they get there and we're talking about the peak of perfection, everything they're looking for. These are their people. Just to give you an example how their people this is, it's like Corbs going to a singles mixer at the Baseball Hall of Fame or Kevin speed dating at a bike convention. Are Paul going to plentyoffish.com and putting Fulton, New York in the search bar? These are the people that they belong with. Now, the, uh, the Olympic Committee has gone to great lengths to make sure that uh, these people aren't having sex. They've even, you know, there are rumors that the cardboard beds there were designed with weight restrictions so that people could, two people couldn't go on it. But, you know, they got to take into account two Olympic people, you know, weigh a lot less stand than, up. you know, two of us. But they say, yeah, stand up. Uh, they've come out and said now that, no, that wasn't the reason. They can hold more weight. Nobody really knows for sure. Uh, but really, I mean, is this going to work? I mean, is any of this going to work? I mean, first of all, they announced it beforehand. So, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to the Olympics. I'm probably going to get to have lots of sex. Oh, they're not giving out condoms. Okay, I'll buy some myself. Big fucking deal. Um, I don't know why they thought that was going to work. Now, the only other thing they could have done is announce it afterwards. The athletes were surprised when they got there. The problem was that is that really only sanctions a new sport in the games. The international pullout competition would be tough to score. They could probably give points for style, technique, and landing the sticky, I mean, sticking the landing, uh, but the results could be confirmed for three to four weeks. I bet there would be a ton of going to the instant replay on that one. Finally, oh, Boober, where art thou? Now, I'm going to take a lot of shit for this. I know I am. People are going to take it the wrong way. They're not going to believe I mean it the way I mean it. But I got to say something, guys. Women's volleyball. I'm talking the beach and the, 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 the stadium version. Um, what happened to the boobs? Now, I'm not saying that they usually have boobs, and I'm not saying that, you know, girls have to have big boobs to play in the Olympics. I know they're athletes. I know they tend to be smaller. Uh, but as I'm watching, I only noticed that the Brazilian beach volleyball team had, you know, somewhat larger size breasts. Now, I'm not saying this because I think that athletes have to be sex symbols and have big boobs. I'm saying it because do you guys remember high school volleyball? That was the game that even the fat girls could play. It didn't require real long endurance, just bursts of speed. And even if you were big, those strong legs and all that weight in your titties helped you hit that big serve or that spike. You know, all the girls in high school, there were some skinny ones too, but a lot of the larger ones played. Even the goth chick who smoked half a pack day, a day could play volleyball, you know? Do you guys agree with me? Do you recall this? Okay, that's what happened in high school. What happens between high school and college? Is there an Olympic titty size restriction? Does it have to do with weight restriction on the cardboard beds? I mean, I'm really concerned. Where did all the bigger boob volleyball players go, and do they need help? Paul? In other news, Baskin-Robbins once made a ketchup ice cream. Back to you, Corbs. Really? Ketchup ice cream, huh? That's a thing. That's crazy. Was a thing. It's like a poop. Flavored lollipop. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, 
don't know what the hell's going on anymore. All right, so uh, what, Kev? That's ew. I've got a taste in my mouth. I like ketchup, but not yeah, a taste in your cream. mouth. Were you at the 40X theater? Ooh. Twice. <laughs> See, we're there for 20 minutes. Wow. Two, two 10 minute clips. I just walk around and see who's got their chair, their chair water switched to on. <laughs> oh, boy. Good job. I don't know how to start this, so I, I got no clue. All right, so I guess uh, I guess we're going to do kind of a, a double feature tonight, I guess. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. Or a double feature or a, a classic original, double feature? An, an original in a redo. Okay. The classic like redo? <laughs> something like that. We're doing Red Dawn, all right? We're gonna do. We're gonna start with the 1984 version of Red Dawn, which, in my estimation, is the better of the two. I hope everybody agrees with that, because if you don't, you're dumbass. All right. So my first experience with Red Dawn came as a tape rental, as an early teen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Back of the back of the box proudly boasted of how the movie opened with one of the most shocking sequences ever filmed. Said scene involved communist invasion forced naturally because it, this was 1984. Parachuting into rural Colorado, cutting down civilians left and right, flying rockets at their pickups, and generally taking over their podunk town. Most, shock, most shocking movie opening ever? I wouldn't say that. Most ridiculous, though? Maybe. I mean, nowadays, if communists parachuted into a podunk Ohio, they'd be like, hey, here's some free health care for you. Here's some free health care for you. It's not the scary thing it used to be. No, it's not. So, so let me and throw it, this at Yeah. And if, and if, you, if you, they parachute into a podunk town in the middle of nowhere, they'd probably get shot because they all got guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is true. So I'll just throw this little piece of uh, history at you. My, me and several of my friends at this time, I mean, knowing that we were going to graduate in three years after this, we're already talking about what we were going to do after high school, and we were all signing up for the military. Marines, I was Army, buddy of mine was Navy. We were all going in. And when this movie came out, we're like, fuck yeah, Hoser, that's me right there. I can see that from you, Kev. All right, so 1984, um, Red Dawn, Opening, uh, very memorable, very 1980s. Enter into the action, which combined a Cold War paranoia, teenage angst, and a Stallonean level of gun violence into a kind of Lord of Lord of the Flies with heavy weapon. It's honed, helmed by John. I hope I pronounced his name right. Milius, Milius, M-I-L-I-U-S. Milius. Milius, I guess something like that. Let's ask. Uh, well, I'll call him up later. <laughs> the, he was the writer of Apocalypse Now and directed Conan the Barbarian Schwarzenegger style. The movie follows a group of high school football players that narrowly escape a full-scale Soviet invasion of the United States by camping out in the mountains outside of town. Eventually tiring of hiding out the boys and two young ladies 
who joined them later fight back, transforming from in, instant, yeah, instant youth, innocent youth, sorry, into a crack squad of guerrilla fighters dubbing themselves the Wolverines after their high school team mascot. They pr proceed to kill a bajillion Soviet soldiers in surprise attacks and become the face of the American resistance. The whole premise feels even sillier than when you're watching the film, especially as none of the our younger handsome heroes grow the least bit stubble while living in the forest for months and handle, pilf handle pilfered grenades, machine guns, and RPGs like a bun bunch of adolescent John Rambos. Uh, it would never have worked had it not been for the movie's incredible young cast who were all hired as their stars were just about to begin to rise, led by Patrick Swayze, uh, his outsider co-star C. Thomas Howell, playing the blood crazed, his blood crazed buddy. Also part of their high school hit squad was Charlie Sheen in his first significant role. Leah Thompson, pre-Back to the Future. Patrick Swayze's eventual Dirty Dancing co-star Jennifer Grey. The kids eventually can conveniently conveyed the sort of shell shock that, that the end of civilization as you know it, and of course, single-handedly kill dozens upon dozens of enemy convents would bring about. The supporting cast is absurdly good too, with Harry Dean Stanton, Powers Booth, I'm not sure who Ben Johnson and Ryan O'Neill are. They all show up in small parts. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great movie. Um, I know we'll have a pretty good conversation about this movie. I mean, it, 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 it had the Cold War. I mean, it was, at the time, it was a movie where the Cold War was in full swing. Um, like, Kev, like Kev said, I mean, you know, at that time, you didn't really know about the whole Cold War. I mean, it wasn't really talked about. It was becoming more prevalent at the time, but um, I just think that it's a, you know, it's kind of a movie that touches on that teenage rebellion, um, fighting back, family, um, camaraderie, stuff like that, all kind of um, comes into play in this movie. I, I enjoyed the movie. It's on, uh, I think it's on Hulu right now. So um, I can give it, you know, three, four stars, three to four stars, you know. Um, so, and then I, I'll touch on the, the what is called Red Dawn Redo because they remade the movie. Um, it doesn't pack as much punch as the first one. Um, you know, Chris Hainsworth stars is Jed, which is the character Patrick Swayze um, made famous. Josh Peck is the Charlie Sheen character. Josh Hutchinson from uh, Hunger Games is the C. Thomas Howell character. Um, they don't match up quite as well. I mean, Chris Hemsworth does play a pretty good lead in it, but again, he's not the same. It's not the same. And even the, the, the enemy, I mean, the enemy at the time for 1984 was the Soviets and the one in 2012 was North Korea. And I think they were kind of trying oh. to, they were kind of trying to push that because that was the kind of the big, you know, Kim Jong-un and all that stuff was going on right at that time. They were trying to, I think they tried to kind of push it. From what I can remember, it almost, from what I, when I, when I read, um, I do have it here in my notes that 
originally they were supposed to be Chinese that invaded and they digitally digitally re-imaged them as South as North Korean because they didn't want to lose the Chinese market for movie sales. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, does that is that is that where we've gone now? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we censor our movies for the Chinese. Uh, it, oh. That's a thing. So, it's a huge thing. I mean, they'll put like there will be special cuts of movies for the Chinese, like um, one of the Iron Man movies. They put in yeah. some nationally recognized celebrity from China into the movie for the Chinese version. I think it was Iron Man oh, Two yeah. or and, Iron Man and Three. For Shang-Chi, they're all concerned now because China, just based on the, the previews, doesn't want to show it. And Disney's really? shitting their pants because, yeah, I mean, you, you need China now That's to hit huge, yeah. Um, I just realized, of course, I had to look it up, but I just realized that there is a actor in Red Dawn, the, the, the second one, yeah. uh, the pretty phenomenal actor, Played the role of Sergeant Major Andrew Tanner, one Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in it. Yeah, he's in the he's in the redo one. Yep, he he basically plays the Powers Booth character from there. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, nice. So, I mean, for me, I mean, I I can liken back when I watch the the remake. I can liken back the characters to the characters from the original and you know like you're going to do with anything you're going to compare the two movies right oh i love the first movie i mean it was at the time it was so well done and well thought out that you know it it made you like like kev said earlier it made you almost want to join the armed services i was young too young at the time to do that but you know, it, it, it gave you a sense of patriotism, patriotism, in my mind. Yeah. Just watching that movie. I mean, it's almost like somebody coming into your backyard, which is basically what it was. Yeah. And telling you this is the way it's going to be. You're not you're not going to stand for it. You're going to stand up and you're going to fight back. That's what this movie was all about, was the, the fighting, fighting back against communists and the, um, being held, basically being held down by them. Demand. The original movie is what a lot of people in the prepper community now refer to as what got them started thinking about being preppers. Okay, okay. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that too. Man, and for me, it was Walking Dead. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because when the dead walk, you know, it's there's yeah. no more room in hell. There's never a room in hell. I thought there was always room in hell. Just hey, that's what the, 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 the Dawn of the Dead poster said. Oh, Dawn you know? of the Dead. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I, I, I don't like the cast from the, from the first movie. And like I said, you know, Patrick Swayze, Charlie Sheen, these guys all before they became stars, before Dirty Dancing, before Back to the Future. Yeah, you know, it's just all these that young ensemble cast. I mean, it, it, you liken it to The Breakfast Club, St. Elmo's Fire, just the, the, the cast. And that, yep. and that to me, 
I mean, it's like the Avengers now. You have this big group of, of characters. Now, Avengers, you had a lot of guys that are bigger stars. These guys weren't stars, and they did a lot of that stuff in the, in, the, in the 80s. They hired people that weren't famous. I mean, if you think of, think about Star Wars, I mean, Harrison Ford wasn't a big name at the time. In fact, he wasn't even, he really wasn't even acting at the time. He just done American Graffiti. He was actually working as a carpenter. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill wasn't real known. Carrie Fisher wasn't real known. I mean, they did these things, and these these people did these became big, and they became bigger stars. Yep. Now you're now you're looking. Now you almost gotta to make money. You've got to hire. You got to have Tom Cruise in your movie, or Will Smith in your movie. And that's really too bad. I mean, because you need you need new blood. You need fresh. I mean. That's the one thing I'll say that Kathleen Kennedy did for Star Wars. She brought in some new blood. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, a lot of people don't like her, don't like what she did, but we have some new people that, you know, we, yeah, we care that, about. That, and, and that can carry on the franchise. Yeah. You know, so, but I, I don't know. I just, I really like, I really like that the Red Dawn, the original. Yep. I mean, I mean, when I saw it was on Hulu, I was like, oh, I got to watch that again. Yeah, and I, I, saw that, again. I, I saw that the, the remake was on there, too, and I'm like, okay, I can watch either one of them. All right, well, I'm going to watch the original. <laughs> because it's just it's just so much better because of the, just, uh, the time. I mean, it, it maybe doesn't hold up much anymore because we don't have that animosity with Russia anymore like they did at that time. And I think that was the reason why that movie was so good and so well done. There was that huge animosity between the two countries. And it was just, it played well into that, to that fear that, hey, this could happen. These people could show up in the middle of this country and rip this country in half. So it was propaganda. Yes. Yeah. Basically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, I, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think, like Kevin was saying, after that, I think there was a rise in enlistment. So it worked out well for for the country at that point so propaganda is definitely what it did it, it made people want to join the military yeah so. I, I i fully believe that i mean you know i was already on my path but i i know for a fact that a lot of people um that i was in with were you know they they cited this movie yeah. as something that they remembered and didn't want, wanted to make sure it never happened to their you know their hometown right Watching this movie, I mean, you go, you see the, you see these actors, and I mean, you know they're young, you know they're early into their careers, but you look at them and you're like, you remember everything else they've done since, yep. you know, by re- rewatching the movie. I mean, yeah, and it's like, it's like, wow, you know, the, the stars in this movie, but like you say, it's they weren't stars yet, right? But, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's, I. I've rewatched it every time it's been on TV, and I've never really gone out and looked for the movie, but I think I will now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I love that movie. I have really, not seen the the uh, remake ever. I, I've seen it a couple times. I don't really care for it. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not as good. Like I said, it's even the the fact that they they switched locations. I mean, the first one was in Calumet, Colorado, and then the second one was in Spokane, Washington. The fact that it was in some real like podunk town in the middle of Colorado made it even even that much more better, you know, much better because it was the middle of nowhere. I mean, Spokane, Washington is a big city. Yeah. You know, it'd be like them dropping into L.A. or San Francisco. 
fact that they were able to get in the original movie, they were able to get to Colorado mm-hmm. and lands there and basically split the country in half. You know, they talk about the, the that Western Front, but if you remember when Powers Booth is talking, they did come from the other side too. In the in the middle, I think there's like from I want to think he said from like North Dakota to Alabama or something, and then I think it's Minnesota to Alabama, something like that is like free America. So they split the country in half, and everybody in the middle was still technically America, and in the outside it wasn't. So, and you had to, you know, they pushed in from Cuba, came in from the Florida area, and Mexico, and all that stuff. So, and so it's just, it was at the time, it was, you know, it basically was one of those things where it kind of scared you into thinking, holy shit, this could. Is this actually going to happen? Is this what we've come to between us and Russia? Are they planning something like this? So, there's another movie. Something it, it's kind of it's kind of along the same lines. I mean, it's not an invasion that happened to the U.S. It's more along the lines of uh, an alternate ending to World War II. Okay. Man in the High Castle. It's a series, not a movie, but yeah. yeah. You're right. Prime, You're right. right? Yeah. I right. Think I, you've talked about it before, Hugh. On Amazon Prime. Yeah. It's, yeah. You want to talk about a, a, a United States divided. Mm-hmm. When you said that, it's the first thing I thought of, is this, this series. It's phenomenal. It's a great story. A little bit of sci-fi mixed in, you know? Okay. So it's, it's not, well, I mean, it, it's all it's all fantasy, right? Because it didn't happen that way, or, or maybe it did. And we just, you know, we're in a different timeline. But, uh, oops, did I just give something away? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So reviews. Um, this is another one where uh, our buddy Ebert didn't um, review the original. This one is from the New York Times, and our other really good friend Janet Maslin. Uh, from August 10th, 1984, she says, To any sniveling lily livers who suppose that John Milius, having produced Uncommon Valor, directed Conan the Barbarian, and written Apocalypse Now, has already reached the pinnacle of movie-making machismo, a warning. Mr. Milius's Red Dawn is more rip-roaring than anything he has done before. Here is Mr. Milius at his most alarming, delivering a rootin' tootin' scenario for World War III. She's really over the top. The place, a small all-American town. The time, sooner than you think, mister. A history teacher is telling his class about Genghis Khan when he looks out the window and sees enemy parachutists landing. We learn from a 15-second preamble that the United States has lost all its allies and that the Soviet Union is badly in need of food. Soon enough, we see, beneath a bumper sticker that says, they can have my gun when they pry it from my cold, dead fingers. The corpse of an American citizen being relieved of his weapon by an invading soldier. In Calumet, Colorado, where the action takes place, a band of brave high school boys heads for the mountains, taking with them bows and arrows and lots of Coca-Cola. They hide out for a while, initiating themselves in the ways of the wild drinking the blood of a deer they kill, for instance, or urinating into the radiator of their truck when it runs out of water. Eventually, they are ready to infiltrate Calumet's main street, and what they see there is horrible. The citizens have been rounded up in a detention camp, which used to be the local drive-in. 
The drugstore supplies are so depleted that there's only one lone bottle of Charlie on the shelves. I don't know what that means. The movie theater is playing Alexander Nevsky. The band of teenagers calling themselves the Wolverines after their town's football team and joined by two girls whose grandfather refers to them as my heirlooms begins a guerrilla war against the invaders, some of whom are Cuban and Nicaraguan. The rest of the film follows the course of this fateful struggle and is confined to Calumet with only occasional news bulletins from free America, as much of the country is now known. An outsider the kids encounter tells them what's happening in Denver, for instance. They live, on, they live on rats and sawdust bread and sometimes on each other. This same outsider asks, who's on our side? By one Wolverine replies, 600 million screaming Chinamen. Last I heard there were a billion screaming Chinamen, the Wolverine answers. There were, is the grim reply. Red Dawn, which opens today at the National and other theaters, may be rapidly inflammatory, but it isn't dull. Mr. Milius does know how to keep a story moving. He might well have turned this into a genuinely stirring war film if he had not also made it so incorrigibly gung-ho. But the effectiveness of its chilling premise from a story by Kevin Reynolds is dissipated by wildly excessive directorial fervor at every turn. Those who consider the events set forth in Red Dawn to be probable are no more apt to find the movie credible than those who regard them as ludicrous. The cast of Red Dawn has obviously been through a lot. The production notes, quote, John Early, technical advisor, as saying that the actors were taught military discipline and combat techniques, and that we took them out into the hills and ran them from sunup to sundown. They also had a lot to contend with in the screenplay by Mr. Reynolds and Mr. Milius, which is hard-bitten enough to be virtually unplayable at times. Powers Booth, who delivers those bulletins from the free zone, must also declare, when asked what his wife was like, I met her in a closet at a party. Couldn't stand her at first, but once it took, I loved her so bad it hurt. Mr. Booth does a good job anyway, and so does Ron O'Neill as a Cuban commander leading the Calumet occupation. Ben Johnson and Harry Dean Stanton appear very briefly. Mr. Stanton to shout, Avenge me! Avenge me! From behind the barbed wire at the drive-in. The young players among them, Patrick Swayze, C. Thomas Howell, and Leah Thompson, are adequate but less memorable. Yeah, that didn't age well. Their roles consist mainly of carrying out small-scale military maneuvers and reacting to such awful spectacles as the image of a band of Calumet citizens being executed by a firing squad. They sing America the Beautiful just before they're shot, but their patriotism is not in question and the movie might have been a little less overbearing without the song. Red Dawn is rated PG. Um, it contains considerable violence, most of it not very explicit. And then they had to um, publish a correction the next day because the film is actually rated PG-13. Um, I do have the review from uh, Ebert about Red Dawn 2012, but the general consensus is nobody likes it very much, so why bother with it? She, she, uh, she missed the mark, I think. It's, it sounds like it, yeah. I, I don't know. She was trying really hard. I mean, the, the <laughs> opening of that, I mean, it sounded like she was going to land the sticky with that review. Uh, I, I got to ask, though, um, so, so they, they parachute in. Um, were they parachuting in like in the middle of the country or they already come from the sides? Because I, I'm thinking, I mean, you can't just 
go into the middle of the country because all the armed forces around you will, I mean, you kind of have to come from the sides, but no army can possibly pack enough food to get through all of Pennsylvania without running out. So I just don't see how that's going to work. I, I think if they, they allude to the, a massive invasion that happened all at once. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it was supposedly like a, a coordinated effort. Yeah. Is where, where I was getting with that. So what was happening in that town was the same thing that was happening in all small towns all at the same I, time. I'm imagining a truck full of Russians going, do these mountains ever fucking end? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you just keep going up. Right. All right. That was a, that was a good one. It spurred on quite a bit of conversation there. Awesome. Um, I got to ask Kevin something. What? Why are you mad at the Olympics. I wanted to ask you, but I didn't have a chance in the news segment because we ran right into the movie review. You you uh, were you seem very pissed off. Why is that? The longer conversation. I'm not doing it here. Ah, uh, he doesn't want it on air. Okay. Right. That's fair enough. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. I no, no. I mean, I'm more than willing to do it, but I mean, you're you're looking at another hour, hour and a half of conversation. Oh <laughs> shit. Okay, never mind. He's like, nope, forget it. Text me. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm totally I I'm right with, I I I, I have concerns and I am willing to voice them. That's that's what I'm saying. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and um, throw it to break. We'll come back and finish this thing up. Right. Stick with us, folks. As soon as I can find the. new comic on the shelf or a key back issue to complete your run how about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for come to collectibles galore located in north syracuse with ample off-street parking collectibles galore has a huge selection of comics toys and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else comics galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection new customers get 15 percent off their first purchase in store collectibles galore for all of your pop culture needs Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics.
All right, we are back. And the first thing I want to touch upon is the brand new trailer that just hit for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Fuck yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You're you're oddly quiet, Hugh. No, no, it was great. Now, you know, full disclosure, I had, had missed it, so we, we took a break and I just watched it. Um, I, honestly, the way you guys hyped it up, I was expecting a little more. The first half of that we've already seen mm-hmm. in yep. trailers. The second half definitely looks cool. I like the whole, you know, the um, the, the, the do- why am I forgetting the name of those stupid demon dogs um, coming out of the Walmart? That was that was awesome. Yes. <laughs> definitely got got some more horror elements there. I thought I'd seen online that there that both um Aykroyd and um murray murray appeared in that trailer uh, which is part of the reason i i wanted to watch it earlier today and it slipped my mind um i mean we know he's in it i just yeah he, he's in it so you, obviously Andy potts is in it fucking Annie potts i love oh, Annie I read potts. rick moranis is supposed to be in it too right is he, is he? yeah i think he's yeah, supposed that's... to be too yeah that's that's awesome. like the original one that's not going to be in it is uh Hale Ramis, he's, he's... Yeah. yes because he's passed. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you know it's the original director. Yeah. It's his I've son, read, right? It's son, or it's the yeah. son. Yeah. Son. 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 Yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Now, that, I, it, now, you know, if there ever was an argument for using software to recreate an actor for something, sure. for this particular franchise, it would make sense for them to have Egon come back as a ghost. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. And that will be a missed moment if they don't do something with that. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people like, oh, I don't know if it's an appro- if appropriate in this franchise. It's probably one of the few times it's totally appropriate. Appropriate, yes. yes. Just my opinion. I, I just think this this trailer in 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 the way that they're doing it, you know, set you know today or future, whatever you want to call it, you know, I guess it is today because you know the movie was quite a while ago, so it could be you know his granddaughter. Um, Egon's granddaughter, and uh, I, I just think I just think doing it this way is exactly the Ghostbusters we want. It's exactly the Ghostbusters we need. It definitely looks good. Um, if they're trying to franchise this, I question maybe uh, the, the choice of the, of the kids they chose. I mean, because the one kid, Finn, is it Finn something? I don't know. The Finn Wolfhard. Kid. Yeah. Wolfhard. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got so much going on. You know, is he? I mean, because of Stranger Things, I, I almost wonder if maybe they should have gone with some unknowns for the younger yeah. cast, so it would be easier to keep going with the franchise. Right. Uh, but I mean, other than I mean, Paul Rudd, come on. Yeah. Anything it, it you just, put he in fits there. in that. It's yeah. it's he's going to be perfect in that. Yeah. I was surprised to see him in there, but that's it. Yeah, I agree with you. Good fit. So I'm definitely yeah. excited about it. Yeah. Don't don't take my reaction as in, as not being excited about it. Um, I think you're right. This is the the movie we should have gotten before. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I got to be honest, I like the the Ghostbusters, the the female remake. I thought it was great. Oh. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I knew it wasn't go- really Ghostbusters, um, but I mean, just the the gender flopping of the secretary and having Chris Hemsworth in there that was totally <laughs> that, that. No matter what else they put on either side of those scenes, I was going to love the movie just for that because it was perfect. The cast was fantastic. I mean, the 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 people they picked for the movie, I mean, it's a winning cast, for, no question about it, but it just was so, uh, just, uh, again, not what the fan base wanted is what I it came down to. Yeah. Not what I wanted. Um, I have not seen that one yet. It's again, that's another one of those movies that I own digitally just 
I, I haven't watched it yet. I, I intend to at some point. We, we should have every, a view. Every, everybody gets down on it. And I think it's just because of all the negative reactions. But remember, a ton of that was fake too. And pe- there are people who didn't go to the movie just because of the shit they heard about it. Um, oh, if yeah. you take it on its own, it's not a bad movie. Um, it, it's I'll just that, it. you know, if you were... I mean, it's wrong for us to be like, ew, I don't want you mixing up your girls and my boy things, you know? I mean, that's really (laughs) what it came down to. And uh, great movie. I mean, we've seen far worse, shittier reboots than that. Far worse. Red Dawn. (laughs) There you go. So bad I've never seen it. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Yeah, everything you've heard about the remake of Red Dawn is true. Right. (laughs) You you can quote us on that one. Um. I think the only one of the places that movie really stumbled for me was as cool as the idea of proton pack brass knuckle type shit was that they because they had all new weapons. Each person had their own personalized weapon. As cool as the idea was, it was kind of stupid because it's not going to work. I mean, I know, you know, using in reality in a Ghostbusters movie is a loaded term, but seriously, in that reality, even, I mean, that's a good way to blow your fucking hands off. Okay, that's that, that's fair. But it looked really cool on screen. <laughs> I mean, if you've never seen it, Paul, imagine Kung Fu fighting ghosts. That's the kind of shit that was in that movie. Interesting. No, like I said, it's it's in my voodoo like account. I just it's another one of the many many movies that I just have not gotten around to watching yet. Um, I'll check it out at some point. And like, it's is that. Is it appropriate for for the kids? Is there anything questionable or intense, really? Um, intense, maybe. I don't okay. recall there being anything questionable. No, you're talking about like the, the the first, like the originals. No, no, no. The originals, I would definitely let my kids watch. Okay, that's what I was wondering. To be honest with you, I've not seen the old girl. I've seen bits and pieces of of the old girl cast, Ghostbusters. The time like FX or whatever, every once in a while. Nice. Yeah, kind of. Bits, bits, bits and pieces of it or whatever. So I've never seen it from start to finish. So I got nothing. Gotcha. Oh man, so, so you don't have any idea what I'm talking about with Chris Hemsworth then? When I say I've that, him, I, I've seen a minute. Like you do. but just him like. Basically, there. you know how the Ghostbusters hire Janine because they're completely inept and they can't get anything done, and she kind of holds them together. Yeah, it's the opposite. They hire Chris Hemsworth because he's attractive and he's a complete moron and does everything <laughs> wrong. But no matter how bad he does stuff, he says something cute, and they're all like, "Oh!" <laughs> but it, it's so funny because he's so damn stupid and he's completely oblivious to it. He thinks he's doing the best job ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That that was in that same time period where they were throwing him into all sorts of weird ass roles, like he was in the. Uh, reboot of National Lampoon's Vacation. Yep. Yeah. And again, he was what? just like this vapid like like meathead and yeah. th- there was one scene with him in his underwear or something. I don't know. Anyway. So, it's like throwing uh, Chris Pratt and everything and uh, Chris Evans and everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think anyone's throwing Chris Evans in anything and they haven't. Not right now. Wow. That's for sure. Yeah. No, that's that was his whole thing about stopping with the Avengers is he needed a break, right? Like yeah, he was but just... I mean, he also picked his projects like Snowpiercer and shit like that. You know, mm-hmm. he, he wasn't he wasn't be at, at least it, from my perspective, he wasn't exploited like those other guys were. 
<laughs> wow, what a strange exploited. thing to say. <laughs> I want to be exploited. Go to the 4DX movie. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done that. <laughs> um, all right. So let me reference here. Make sure I'm not missing anything in my list. Um, so do you guys have any other topics before we get into midstream? All right. I'd like to go first. I, uh, I decided on my birthday, the, the whole house was in bed. And so I decided to throw on um, one of the DC animated movies that I'd been looking forward to for a while. That was uh, Batman, A Death in the Family. How was it? Super disappointing. Really? Yeah, because the whole Death in the Family story arc was all of about five minutes of it, and then the rest of it was basically a rehash of the Batman Under the Red Hood. I don't remember if I watched that, watched the Death in the Family or not. Well, I, did. I, I didn't I assume. <laughs> um, as I understand it, like on the original release, like if you watch it on Blu-ray, it's kind of a choose your own adventure thing and you can change how the story is told. But obviously you can't do that on HBO Max. It's just a straight storyline like it was out of the comic, but they literally push through it in five minutes and then the next 25 minutes which is the entire runtime for it is the rest of Jason's story, which isn't, wow. I mean, we, they already covered all of that in under the red hood. Yeah. So I don't, I was super disappointed with it. And then the rest of the full runtime for the movie length are all the DC showcase shorts. Oh yeah. That's awful. I watched um, the long Halloween part one today. How is that? I wanted to see uh, that. Uh, it, it was good. Um, I know that the second part has uh, like a MA or an R rating or something like that. Um, it, it's worth watching. I'll tell you, it, I really got pulled out of it a lot by Jensen Ackles as Batman. Really? As, as, as excited as I was for his casting because, you know, Jensen Ackles is awesome. Um Hearing Dean Winchester every time Batman talks is fucking weird. And I, I really, you can tell that he, this is the first time he's playing Batman because even when they replace Kevin Conroy with, uh, what's his face, the other guy that's been doing uh, the voice. Um, I can I'm see sure him. Somebody, yeah. So, uh, not Jason. Anyway. Um, he did a great job. He actually had like the pacing and everything for Batman down. Um, if they keep Jensen, I'm sure he'll get that pacing down, but it doesn't feel like he has it now. So um, the Batman delivery is, is a little weird. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a good movie. I, I really have to watch the second part to really review the first part because it's one story. And I was waiting because, you know, part two came out today. Oh, did uh, it? Or yesterday. So, yeah, I've been waiting to watch part one until part two was out. Because I, I didn't want to watch half a cartoon. I don't want right. cartoons off there anyway. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. And that's not on HBO Max yet. That's I was looking for it and I, I couldn't find it. At least yeah, they, they, they want to sell copies, I'm sure. Which makes sense. I get that. Um, so, and Kevin, wasn't there something that you streamed that you wanted to discuss? The one that you just told me about before we started recording? Yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about that one. I'm surprised you skipped over that other item. But yeah, I'll well, tell you we'll all about come back to the other one. <laughs> all right, I'll tell you all about gunpowder milkshake. What is this? Uh, 
Well, on uh, it's on Netflix, and we just happened on it one night. And um, 2021 release, uh, Karen Gillan, Lena Headley, Lena Hetty, rather, Carla Gugino. Um, I have it loaded here, or I did. No, oh, I lost it. Is it? Is it? And is it's it good? Gone. Yeah, yeah. It's a good <laughs> cast. It's a good cast. Um, uh, you know, Lena Headey is um, better known Seriously. as yeah, Cersei from yes. uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Got from Got. Um, it's okay, sunshine. Relax. You're okay. You can lay down. It's fine. Um, man, the relationship you have with your wife is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. She's headbutting me right now. That's great. <laughs> I want to um, see a doctor about that. She's rubbing her cheeks on my arm. Um, she won't quit. Uh, it's really good. It's it's packed with action. Packed with action. Read this little synopsis here. When an assassin veers off mission to rescue a child. She triggers a war with a powerful crime syndicate and reunites a gun-wielding sisterhood. Nice. It really reminded me of uh, Kill Bill in a lot of ways, um, but less bladed weapons, more um, firearms. Um, but the, the, a bit of a, a bit of mysterious femininity, femininity and some feminine badassery. So it's it was it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Nice. Definitely worth definitely worth a watch. I wouldn't I wouldn't go out and say you know you gotta you gotta watch it. But man, it was it was fun for an evening when we weren't really expecting it. Okay. And Kevin, on on my well, uh, I would say recommendation, but I would say incessant nagging. Uh, finally, finally watched um, another movie that I've been telling you we needed to watch. What was that, Kev? Oh, that would happen to be Clerk by kevin smith oh <laughs> and i watched the whole thing um <laughs> just, just the way he's like i watched the whole thing i mean is is it is it the rampant childishness of it that makes it so you know endearing paul i don't know I mean, I mean that's I mean that's what I like about it is the I mean it's, it's I, I've always said that Kevin Smith has built his career on dick and fart jokes. I mean that's well, and that's exactly that's exactly what it was. I mean there was some pretty freaking I mean pretty raunchy shit. I mean you you boils right down to it. I wasn't expecting that. Didn't but whatever. I mean it's Kevin Smith. What if you're not expecting it? Um, you know Silent Bob. I did, I expected him to be silent the whole movie, and he wasn't. That kind of surprised me. Spoiler alert! Sorry if you haven't seen it. Um, He's like seen thirty it, years old. It's okay. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, your own fucking. Problem. Yeah, I think part of the magic there too was basically an independent film. He got together with a bunch of his friends and financed it himself, and it managed to make it despite all odds. I, I think that you have to view it through that lens a little bit. So when you say it made it, what do you mean by that? Meaning it, it turned into a cult movie that was big enough for him to go on and do Hollywood movies and still prepare to film Clerks Free 3 in, you know, five and a half days next month. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, that, that's, 
I mean, really, when when you think about it, you look at it now and you're like, ah, oh, that movie's kind of you know you know shitty. But I mean, look what came from it. You know, I mean, we go from there eventually get to Dogma, which is one of my personal favorite movies of all time. It's packed full of huge stars and it's fucking great. Uh, it, it's the start of something great. Well, I have every intention to see, you know, Clerks 2 and Dogma. I mean, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to. Oh, you're going to love Dogma. Yeah, I'm going to watch the rest of them. I, I'm not, I, I, I'm not sitting here saying I didn't like it. I mean, it was, it, it had some funny parts. Um, it had some, you know, kind of smack your head parts. Like, you know, why is the guy such a douchebag kind of thing? Um, and it had you really understanding that, you know, some guys really do think trailer trash sluts are this shit. Um <laughs> whatever you know to each his own now big question here and corbs have you seen clerks did we have this discussion because i don't remember i've seen clerks okay that's a question you just asked me it is yes so you're asking a movie guy if he's seen clerks i mean i think it's a fair that's assessment what it sounded like <laughs> All right. So with, with his response, yes, he's seen it. Okay. So I'm going to ask everybody, I want to go, go around the virtual table here and ask everybody. I'm going to start with Kevin since it's so fresh for him. Favorite character coming out of Clerks? Favorite character? Oh, the guy that died in the bathroom. Are you serious? Did you see that guy? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, it was like that. It, it, I mean, it, forever. <laughs> yeah. That guy. Okay, I wasn't expecting that, but <laughs> dude, he you? died and still banged the chick. Yes. Always Silent Bob. All right, Corbs. I gotta go with Jay. Wow. Okay. All different answers. I I, I wasn't expecting any of that. And yours is gonna be Dante. Wait, is it? No. Who is it, Paul? Who's Jay? Was Jay the? The video Silent store Bob's clerk? guy? No. Yes, it was next to Silent Jay's Bob. the drug dealer. Jay's the drug dealer with Silent Bob. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Hugh, to answer your question, my favorite character throughout those movies is Randall Graves. Yeah, that, that's Randall? why I stopped myself. <laughs> I was like, no, really? it's got to be Randall. Yes, he's I love a, Randall. He's a douchebag. Yes. Have you met Paul? Paul is It's all starting close. to make. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate that as well. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I I identify with the whole wishy-washiness of Dante. Like, I get that. But, oh my God, Randall is just the fucking greatest. Like, the, the one line, and you haven't gotten there yet, that he says in Clerks 2 encapsulates everything. I hate everybody, and I think everything is stupid. Like that says everything to me. Like that speaks to me. <laughs> and I mean, that just, that fits for me. And, and he is my favorite. He has most of the best lines in any of the movies he's in. Mm. And the just whole, I don't give a fuck attitude out of him is phenomenal. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear, I, I'm catching what you're throwing. And, and you, you get to see more a lot more of who he really is in uh, Clerks 2. You won't see him in any of the other movies. He only shows up in the Clerks movies. Oh. So so, what's, so what about Dante? Is he in all of them? Nope. Um, oh, Halloran, the guy that plays him, is in the rest of the movies. He's He plays other characters. It becomes kind of a running gag through them. Like, they're all 
Hicks, not like as in a, like a, a hayseed like Gorsh, uh, but they're all because his name is Dante Hicks, and then and then Mallrats we get Gil Hicks, and then in Dogma I don't remember what his name is, but he's the news reporter in Dogma, and he's also a yeah, Grant Grant Hicks. It's so sad that I can remember all of that. So, so he plays himself and all of his relatives. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and you have to, no, no, you, that's a lie. You don't really have to watch anything in order other than the clerk, clerk specific ones. Obviously, clerks and clerks too. Oh, okay. But there is a timeline for them. And technically, Mallrats is the first one. Yeah. Mallrats takes place a day before clerks. I thought Mallrats was a cartoon. No. No. Oh. No. No, Mallrats. I guess I need to Mallrats watch Mallrats. Mallrats takes place on Mall. They're also making a sequel to that at some point. I heard that too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, anything else? Corbs, have you been streaming anything? Now that we derailed that? No, I mean, I started watching... I noticed that Titans was on TBS. So I watched the first two episodes of that. A uh, little hard to follow for me right now. They Is do kind of drop Titans? you in the middle of it. Yes. Our Titan? Okay. Uh, aren't they editing it for TBS? I'm sure they are. Yeah. That, that they have be to. Because um, Dick Grayson's best line from the entire first season has to be chopped out of that in there. Unless they just bleeped it. What did you say? First episode, second episode? First episode. Uh, it's when he's beating up the crooks in the alleyway. And they're like, oh, oh shit, Robin's here. Batman's got to be here somewhere. And they pull up tight on him and he just says, fuck Batman. Right. Doesn't say anything. Yeah. I figure they must have cut that. Great. I'm watching the dumbass version of it. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you have to watch it on HBO Max. That's that's where it's at. Um, I don't spend money on shit. He's like, I'm not spending no money on this. Um, we might have something around that. I actually have it on uh, Blu-ray, so I can loan you the discs if you want. I don't know. I don't know. Blu-ray, I don't know. Figure it out. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying here, man. <laughs> Wait, don't you have a PS4? I do. Then they have a Blu-ray player. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that it, or is it time for some wisdom nuggets? Uh, well, I actually have been streaming some stuff. Thank you. Oh shit! Time. I thought I, I thought we already talked to you. Oh, I, I, my bad. Pick them in the nuts. <laughs> well, I I just want to uh, throw out there if you were concerned at all that the spinoff of American Horror Story. Uh, which is called American Horror Stories, uh, was going to be watered down or not as good in any way. Um, first three episodes are out right now. Uh, it, it's really good. And it's nice to, the idea of giving these stories breathing room. Like the first two episodes is a two-parter, uh, which is a story that takes place in the murder house from season one. Um, the third episode is a standalone story not based on any of the previous seasons. And it's excellent. Nice. And they actually, they tackle an urban myth and it's got um, Kevin something Lynch, the guy that played um, the guy in, in Walking Dead who taught Morgan how to stick bite, that, that guy, great actor. Oh, he, yeah. He's in that and puts in a fucking amazing performance. It's basically the idea behind, you know, years ago, a filmmaker made a horror film that made people go crazy and kill people. And nice. 
Um, if this is how this, this show is going to go, I'm also almost more excited for this than I am the, the regular show, which is coming back next month. Uh, it's been really good so far. Um, the other thing I, I thought we had to bring up is, you know, Netflix's Tila revelations. I mean, Masters of the Universe revelations. Um, have, have you seen that, Paul? I don't have Netflix. So, no. Ooh. Yeah. Well, see, I thought this was going to be a shoe-in uh, to talk about on streaming. I watched the whole thing in one sitting. Nice. Is it? Uh, I, I've heard two sides of it. A lot of people... A lot of neckbeards are angry because it is the Tila show, but I've heard it's a great twist and it's actually compelling to watch. It, it is. They're, they're not wrong. Kevin Smith is, is a liar and it totally is the Tila show. Um, that being said, um, had I, had they known it going in, I don't know if it would have changed their minds, but it's really good. Um, and I'm not even saying it's good for what it is. It's good regardless. Nice. Um, there's just, I mean, there's not, a, there, there's He-Man in the first episode. There's He-Man in the last episode. And I don't, I mean, this is only the first half of the season. So maybe, you know, the second half, there's going to be more of that. Like Kevin Smith said on Twitter, um, you know, Mattel isn't going to, you know, give me the license to make a, a fucking He-Man show without He-Man. Come on. Right. You know, so it sounds like that this is a setup for something more. Yeah. Uh, that being said, it was great. The animation's good. The voice acting is great. Lena Headey from Got is also in that. Yes. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not sure what I, the on, the only thing about the show I don't like is how do you not use in some way, shape, or form that iconic theme music? That's what I heard too. Yeah. It does not appear even once. I don't know how you miss that. Yeah. So, yeah, I I'm. I am going to have to buckle and probably resubscribe for a month or two just so I can get through all that. And then once Kylie finds out that we have Netflix, then she's going to binge all of the Jurassic Park cartoons. So, so yeah, I definitely want to see it again, just because it was a Kevin Smith thing to begin with. But then it sounds really interesting from what I have heard already. So. I, I I think it's it's more of those you have to wait for the second half of the season you know don't freak out now is kind of yeah. the way yeah, it should I be agree. yeah so now have <laughs> I give everybody their say since I'm kind of a dick about it tonight <laughs> oh we can look at you oh what uh-huh. <clears throat> all right so so you got, you guys ready for a little wisdom nugget to to finish things off again yep all right never go to bed angry stay up and fight that shit out good night everybody and megabite me bitches this has been a geek pod network production, production.